Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with insights, tips, best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And we are super excited for today's episode. We have with us Extraordinary Educator Candace Sanders. Welcome, Candace. We're so excited to have you. I'm excited uh, to be here. <laughs> if you don't mind just introducing yourself, tell us um, where you teach, how long you've been teaching, and anything else you want our listeners to know. Awesome. So I am Candace Sanders. I've been teaching. This is my 11th year. Um, my first seven years in education was strictly as a reading teacher in fourth grade. When we moved to our farm, we live in Halls, Tennessee, about as close to the Mississippi River as you can get. When we moved to our farm, I wanted to move closer um, to a school district that was nearby. And the only position that was available was sixth grade math. And I cringed a little at that thought. Um, but I jumped on the opportunity, thought it was a new challenge, and I wanted to get into it. Uh, and it has been some of the best years of teaching that I've had. I've truly loved taking that reading aspect that I knew and incorporating into the math world. Wow. Um, can we please dig into that from being a former sixth grade teacher myself? I was a special education teacher, so I taught actually both ELA and math. But I would love to hear how did you, first off, how did you approach learning the sixth grade math? And then how are you infusing the literacy strategies in math? So I will tell you, my first year teaching math was probably not the best. Um, I had to do homework every night. I had to study it. I had to learn the material before I presented it to the students. One of the biggest challenges that, that a lot of my kids face is not reading on grade level. And I was seeing that there's no way they could do the math aspect of it if they couldn't read the problem and understand what they were going to. So I had to back up and just break it down myself to learn how to teach math. It was something that came easy to me. Um, so as you know, if something's easy to you to teach, uh, it's often a challenge, maybe in the long run of it. Well, I found math easy, so it was a challenge to teach. So I had to, I had to break it all down. I did use the iReady materials to help me big time. Uh, the little tutorials on the interactive thing were my best friend because um, I had to go back and just learn, hey, what is the steps and the processes to get the answer to these problems? It's really cool that you were able to use your uh, background in teaching literacy to younger students to help fill gaps for your older students. I also came from the elementary world and then taught fifth and sixth grade math. And although the content's really different, it's helpful either way because you're able to use some of those strategies and decoding skills or comprehension skills. I would love if we have any middle school teachers listening um, and, and they're thinking to themselves, yes, I see the same thing with my students. Um, what are some of the ways currently that you're helping your middle schoolers uh, make sense of, of the word problems and the math in terms of your, your literacy background? Um, well, we use several different strategies. I went to um, a training, 
it's been years ago through whole brain teaching with Chris Biffle. And I use a lot of his strategies as far as they have like a crazy professor read and there's different reading approaches you can take where they break down the problem. We eliminate sentences that are useless. As we know in math, typically the first sentence of every problem is irrelevant. Um, So I teach them those different strategies to get just to the meat of the problem and find those keywords. And once they found the meat and the keywords, then they can turn and which process they need to use to solve it. That, I mean, it takes time. It's not something that we can just jump in and do. I do about a strategy a week um, from August until pretty much fall break. And then after fall break, my kids know exactly what to expect. The second that I say something, um, they're able to just one word prompt them. And they're like, oh yeah, let me use that strategy for this problem. It's really neat watching the light bulbs go off. Oh yeah. But did you say there's a professor strategy? Do you read the problem yes. like a professor? <laughs> so it's called a crazy professor read. Um, and it is when you tap into your acting skills and <laughs> the students all at one time read the same problem, but they have to use um, different tones so they can do a funny voice, a deep voice, a robotic voice, whatever works. And then they also have to use their hands for different gestures. So I give them free reign on that after I've trained them how to do it. And they're able to read a math problem as if they're on stage acting it out, which is really neat because that taps into the visualization part of the problem. I love that so much. I'm totally borrowing slash stealing that. Go for (laughs) it. That... (laughs) It, I mean, especially with struggling readers, you need to make math come alive. Making sense of the problem is the biggest step that educators often miss. And that's so wonderful that you are taking the time to teach them the strategies of how to break down the problem because we don't want them to be, I'm sure you have some of these students, number pluckers. You know who I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, those are the kids that just take, look at the word problem, find any numbers and just start shoving them together um, in any which way. How are you helping them with the rest of once they make sense of the problem? How, what other literacy strategies are you incorporating in your mathematics classroom? Once they make sense of the problem, um, then I teach them to put on top of their paper. Every math problem boils down to, do you add, subtract, multiply, or divide? I mean, it goes down to one of those. So they put a little S, M, D, A on their paper in whatever order. And then they, they tap into it. Okay, I figured out what this problem means. These are my keywords. These keywords go under multiplying. So I know I need to take this step and multiply. Um, As you know, in the middle school math world, it's not just one of those processes. A lot of times a problem is many of those processes. Um, So I teach them find the first thing you do, then go to the second. We use a whole lot of notebook paper when we're answering a problem. Um, But once they get it down, they can, it becomes rote to them and it does not take up a lot of time. Um, A lot of my students, whether they're the top notch kids, middle kids or the bottom kids, they enjoy breaking it down um, simply because in math, it's so easy to make a careless error. And a lot of times, especially if I mean, think about the top kids, they'll zoom through work and they have the hardest time going back to check their work. They think they're right all of the time. So when they go through this stepping down and breaking down the process, it makes them more aware of what they are doing to get the answer. And because of that awareness, they're usually able to get the correct answer. My middle of the road kids, they go through the same process and 
yes, it takes them a little bit longer to break it down using the reading strategies and mapping it out, but they also feel more confident about their answer, which is a huge thing I've noticed. Um, If you don't have confidence, especially in the math world in middle school, you typically don't give much effort to any work. So going through this process also helps them vamp up their confidence level in both math and reading skills. And then those low students, this is built for them because they finally feel like they can at least do one part of the problem and they're not a total failure. They may get, you know, they may still get the wrong answer and that's okay. But if you're going through the right steps, eventually you'll get it. And that's something I just try to drive into them. You may not get it today. You may not get it tomorrow, but eventually you're going to get it. So hang in there. Sounds like you're giving them a nice entry point and you know, they can start, they can eliminate Um, unnecessary information or decide which operation they're going to use. And with that, you're allowing them access to the problem and, you know, a little more independence than they might typically get if you just went in to help them right away. So that's great. Absolutely. How have you been able to translate this in this year? I mean, are you virtual? Have you been hybrid? Are you in person? Um, Does it depend on the day or the weather? (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. So all of the above, um, my district has chosen a hybrid model for the remainder of the year. So I have students that come on even days and students that come in person on odd days. On the days that they're not at school, they are supposed to log in with live lessons. Um, doesn't always happen. It's definitely been a challenge. The weather has played a toll, as you know. We had a recent uh, snow week and a half that threw us a little bit behind. This year has been a bit different. I have really had to cut out any kind of fluff. And as you know, middle school math, you don't have any fluff room, but we have gotten down to the nitty gritty. I mean, since August, we've had to. I knew that, you know, we had the mindset of, I may not have them next week. You don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to go on quarantine? So since day one, we have, I've gone through the reading processes and the steps and taught them But as far as any fluff, it's been 100% meat and potatoes all year long. And I know that's exhausting for my kids, but I've just told them we don't have time for anything else. Yeah, that's really hard. What would you consider fluff in middle school math? Seems like you're meat and potatoes a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs) We are meat and potatoes, but I usually try to, um, at the end of a standard or a unit, do some kind of culminating activity Mm -hmm. that may be um, not necessarily 100% math. We may, for example, one of the big things that I used to do at the end of the geometry unit was my dream house where the kids would go in and they would design a dream house on a coordinate plane. And I mean, just really, I w- we would do it up and we'd transform the classroom and they would present theirs as their, you know, an interior designer and things like that. Um, and unfortunately, I was not able to do that with them this year. I had to just offer that as an extra credit kind of opportunity. Um, and those who choose to do it at the end of the day, when we're packing up, are going to present. Um, so, I mean, different fun things like that that I can't necessarily incorporate because they've already got the standard that's just adding on to their knowledge of it. So it's sad, but it's life this year. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the reality, but it's nice you still give them the opportunity. And then, of course, using every second in the classroom, you're like, okay, as we're packing up for dismissal, you can present your, your house. It's still, still neat. And <laughs> we're <them> desperate. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got to use all the time. 
Uh, all right. So you've touched on a lot about how you're still engaging kids during this time, about how you're, you know, using every minute in the classroom and really covering all the standards. What advice, one piece of parting advice before we wrap up, would you have for other teachers during this time about, about anything? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest advice I would have for teachers for this year is to just hang in there. It has been hard, challenging. There have been many times where I'm like, okay, what else could I do in this world? Is there anything else? But at the end of the day, I know that I'm called to teach. I know I'm right where I need to be. One year does not define you. Um, regardless of any kind of scores we may get back later, one year does not define you. And just hang in there and keep on keeping on. You're making a difference, even if you don't see it as often this year. We're still here. We're making a difference every single day. So keep it up. Yeah. Thank you. You are making a difference. We appreciate you spending the time to talk to us. And um, Sari, where can, where can people find us if they're yeah, you can search around the social medias. <laughs> you can follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIReady. And please be sure to tag us in your post too, so we can see the work you do every single day. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. And thank you so much, Candice, for chatting with us today. It's so great to hear about how your literacy and math worlds combine and how this year more than ever, you just got to hang in there. And it's so, so true. Every teacher is making a difference. And I love the one year doesn't define you. Um, but I think that a lot of educators are going to come out stronger and their students will remember them for other things than the content that they taught this year more than ever. So we appreciate you and thank you for everything that you do. Well, thank you. And until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. This